Have you ever wondered how a kangaroo can live in a tree? Or what about crocodiles and how they can stay underwater for hours at a time and not be seen? Maybe what keeps you up at night is your thoughts of how box jellyfish can be the most venomous animal in the whole world towards humans? Or is it your curiosity of what really goes on inside that caterpillar cocoon for a magnificent stunning butterfly to emerge? Well, don't worry, as I have all your questions answered and much, much more with our following Wild Chats, I am going to bring you the most amazing guests. Hey everyone, my name is Jodie Creek and I'm a wildlife educator and huge advocate for Australian animals. And of course, their habitats and ecosystems as well. But what I'm truly passionate about is bringing you information that you need to connect with the natural world. So someone once said to me that I may not be able to change the world but I can change the world around me. So let's hope that we can inspire you to make change at home and therefore together we do actually change the world. So get that cup of tea ready and enjoy the following Wild Chats. Hello everyone. We've actually had a little bit of a break for the last couple of weeks because Matt and I have been on holidays and we've been exploring central, north... Central, western, um, eastern, southern (laughs) Queensland... (laughs) Right. That- we're driving all over exactly. Queensland. Yeah, yeah, it's been, great. It's been amazing. But we'll we'll do a, a separate podcast on that, I reckon. Mm, yeah, because we actually have Bridget here. She's looking at us, going, "Ah, oh, are you guys going to talk to yourselves? Are you going to talk to Bridget? What's going on here?" And we've got Roxy on the floor as well. Yeah. So, Bridget, hello, hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. This Thank was you. kind of sprung on you, by the way, because yeah. you came over to have a bit of a chit chat to us, and we're like you're coming on a podcast sure no worries <laughs> all good so everyone we have Bridget Gower here and you are from let's go buggin and go buggin, yeah. Aussie macro photos yeah correct mm. yeah so here in North Queensland yeah based in Cairns so um yeah I uh, decided to start doing some um tours for nature enthusiasts and photographers to see all the tiny little critters that are hiding in the rainforest and in particular the Cairns Botanic Gardens. So all the caterpillars and frogs and butterflies, lots of little insects, plant hoppers, dragonflies, oh. all of that sort of stuff that um, I'm is hiding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they're all just sitting on leaves very quietly and some, there's some amazing creatures in there, so, so much beauty and um, intricate designs and, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a wonder world. It is a wonder yeah. world. Yeah. So tell us, how did you get into this? Because I first saw you on the socials. It popped up. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I knew someone who knew you, but it just popped up. I was like, what a great idea. Yeah. What made you think of doing something like that? Well, just through my own Uh, amount of time that I had been spending in the Cairns Botanic Gardens Um, at the when I first bought my macro lens and I was really focusing on developing my skills as a photographer I was spending I was working part-time so I had um, the time available to actually go in there and just explore and just to practice and look and just appreciate nature and it was through that um, phase of learning and then eventually when COVID came around and I was made redundant from my job, I thought, well, I've amassed a huge amount of knowledge and um, so many go-to spots to find these creatures. Mm. 
that I thought, well, maybe other people might like to experience this as well. And, yeah, it was really I'm just born out of that and didn't have a job, so I thought I'd create (laughs) one for myself. That's the way. It's the silver lining of COVID. That's what it is. It's interesting. You know, North Queensland, we have a huge tourism industry and a lot of people work in the industry Mm -hmm. and it can be quite... um, and turbulent at times we've seen that mm. in COVID but I've noticed a lot of tours up here it focuses on crocodiles cassowaries birds kangaroos mm. if you go further south koalas everyone wants to see the big things but mm. there's a very very unique opportunity you've got here where you're having to look at small things that most people would walk straight past and not even have a clue mm. that's right yeah and um, that's what a lot of people on my tours say that they, they would have completely missed that mm. or oh my god I've been walking past here you know every day for the last five years and I've never seen that before um, so that makes it gives me the feels, you know, like that I can share that um, with people and just open up a whole new world for people as well. Well, it is a whole new world, yeah. and I mean, people are going to the botanic gardens all the time, and like what you said, they don't get to see that because that's not kind of what they're looking for. However, it's not that they don't want to see it; it's mm. just that they're unable to really know where they're looking. But you also get to um, see certain animals in certain spots. Mm. Typically, most of the time that you go there, you're saying that there's a, a python that you'd like to show people as well, or there's frog species in certain areas that you know that are always there. So that's pretty cool from your point of view too. Yeah, and that, that was one of the things that I learned, that the seasons up here, I mean, people typically think we just have a wet and a dry season, but there's there's definitely four seasons and certainly with the, the insects and the creatures that I see. So, and, and that was all something that I learned just through um through the experience mm. and the hours of um, time that I spent in the gardens and, and kind of cataloguing what I was seeing and, and keeping little mental notes of what, you know, what species appears at what time of the year and, and how things change. So, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty amazing. And um, so tell us a little bit more about the tours that, that you do offer and um, what what do you typically see on on, on each night? Um, well, the night tours are completely different to the day tours. So at the moment I'm doing um, day tours or morning tours. Um, then I do night tours every week as well. And then come the wet season, I do mushroom photography tours. So they're all very different. So during the day, the morning tours, um, we'll see caterpillars, um, butterflies, um, depending on the time of year, we might see frogs, um, Lots of hoppers, um, dra- um, dragonflies and damselflies, praying mantis, um, all sorts of stuff. And then on <laughs> this is just, just so many things. And then on the night walks, we'll start to see all the nocturnal insects, so insects that we don't see during the day. So um, there's certain beetles that only come out at night, some stick insects, um, Obviously, frogs we'll see more of at night because they're they're nocturnal. Certain beetles that um, come out at night as well. Um, And, of of course, we do see some bigger things on the night walks. So we see Papuan frog mouths, striped possums, and sometimes some snakes as well. So, yeah, and and the mushroom um, photography tours are all about mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. I I actually didn't realise there were striped possums around the Cairns Botanic Gardens. Yeah, yeah. So we saw two last night. Oh, wow. Yeah, and we'll see them typically on every um, three or four walks. Have you ever seen the striped possums there? Yeah, I've seen them around Cairns, uh, around uh, around Port Douglas, but I've never seen them at the Botanic Gardens themselves. 
Yeah. But I haven't yeah. been out there in quite a while at night time. Yeah, you'll it? have to come on a night walk. Yeah, yeah. Matt mentioned last night, was it last night we could have come on with you and, yeah, I don't know how the days went by and I'm like, oh, we forgot. Yeah, yeah, every <laughs> Wednesday, every Wednesday. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, definitely, yeah. definitely. Actually, yeah. I'm free next Wednesday night, so maybe okay. I should come with you. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. want to know how someone leaves school thinking about their career and what they want to do and then they're fast forward they're photographing mushrooms and showing people <laughs> insects but tell us about your journey how did you go from growing up into being into this great role and uh, running this awesome business tell us about your journey to getting where you are today okay um it's a long journey and it's taken a lot of twists and turns. Um, They're the best. Yeah, and I've switched careers so many times, um, but I have realised that everything I'm doing with this business from a bit of graphic design, um, a bit of um, website design, um, printing my brochures, um, all these little things that I've picked up along the way have all come together mm. to help me with this business. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. So, um, well, I grew up on a farm and um, in central New South Wales, so that's where my love of nature has come from. Um, and I've always been outside and have appreciated all sorts of nature. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's it's kind of ingrained in me, that love. <laughs> um and then uh, I, so I went to university and I did a degree in um, television and sound production. So that's where my core sort of media um, background comes mm. from. Um, after I finished uh, my degree, I, I moved to Sydney and I worked in the media industry there for a few years uh, working in um, television and film um, and then magazine publication and radio um and did a, a few short films and that sort of thing um I became a DJ for a few years you really have done all sorts haven't you uh, it's, it's been a journey <laughs> yeah and uh yeah I, I never really took up photography as a as a main thing until I moved to Cairns mm. um it's always been a, a real interest for me and I've always really loved it um but, yeah, I don't know. I just um, – what, what brought you to Cairns? Because Sydney mm, to Cairns. <laughs> yeah, I, okay. So um, after doing a few years of marine conservation and um, I was involved with Sea Shepherd for a, a few years quite heavily, um, during that part of that journey I um, advanced my diving career and, and ended up becoming a diving instructor uh-huh. for a few years. Yeah. And then I was actually in the Caribbean doing that. That's where I did most of my training. And then when I came back to Australia, um, I, I was actually living in Melbourne at the time. I came back to Australia and I thought, well, I'm not going to go diving in Melbourne as a career. That's just, no, I, don't, I can't handle the cold. <laughs> so I packed up my car and just started driving north with the idea that I'll stop along the way and try and find somewhere that's got a diving industry and that I like the vibe of. And I just kept driving all the way and then I thought, well, Kansas kind of, and I'd been to Cairns before, so I thought, all right. And then I got to Cairns and I was like, okay, well, I'm here now and this is kind of the the um, diving industry hub of Australia. So, yeah, I just 
set up camp here and nice. started looking around for beautiful opportunities. Part. Yeah, beautiful part. Of yeah, Australia. yeah. And um, yeah, after a, um, a few projects with some local people, um, I ended up working for a few for a nonprofit called Dive Queensland here, and um, and then eventually worked for Mike Ball Dive Expeditions, um, which are a fantastic oh, yes. liverboard yep. company, and. Um, and at that time, that's when I bought my macro lens and started really focusing on my photography and then was made redundant. So, yeah. Oh, that's... And macro photos are amazing because you came over and photographed some of yeah. our animals and just that detail. Mm. That's what I keep saying to you. You should do macro as well but it's just I love it. It's just amazing. It's a really cool medium and um yeah, it's such a buzz actually when I'm on a tour and I'll take it, I'll say, oh, look, there's a, a hopper over there or something. And it'll be a tiny little creature, maybe the size, you know, a centimetre long. And I'll take a photo of it so I can show them mm. what it looks like. And, you know, they're blown away by the detail that you just can't see with the naked eye. Mm. But as soon as you put a bit of light on the subject, bring in, um, you know, that high resolution and close up. And you can see the detail of some of these animals. It's um, there's, you know, the, the intricate design yeah. of some of them is just absolutely amazing. So, what made you choose macro as your main? Um, well, actually, when I was um, a young girl, I do remember going into the rainforest for for walks and seeing mushrooms and mm. just like having that real yearn to capture that beauty and that's always stayed with me and then it wasn't actually long after I bought my macro lens that we had a really epic wet season here in Cairns yeah and I just got out there and I was out there pretty much every spare hour of the day I was out taking photographs of mushrooms so really that's where it started the mushroom mm. photography and um, yeah, using the macro lens and getting right up close to the mushrooms. That was, and that just cemented the love of it for me. And then um, after that wet season finished, I was like, okay, I need something else to photograph now. And that's why I started looking, you know, further up off the ground um, into the bushes and the trees. And mm. that's where I started noticing all these amazing animals and going, oh, what's that? What's that? What's that? And, you know, at that point, I didn't know anything about insects really mm. um I you know I, I couldn't really tell you the difference between a bug or a beetle and you know stuff like that and yeah so self-taught self-taught yeah through just taking a photo of something and going what is that and then jumping online trying to find um some some ways to identify it and uh yeah I have down. to say the insect world is pretty full on like there, yeah. there is so many different types of insects so then for you to then go on to try and identify it and yeah. do the through the research and learn about it that's that's a big job <laughs> it is a big job it gets easier and easier um once you start identifying the the groups and the families mm. um then you know i'll see something now and i go oh it, it's it's a um a hopper like and within that you can sort of find it yeah um, but there's lots of great resources online. There's lots of great um, Facebook groups who have got um, experts in mm. their field. So you can, you know, you can put a picture of something on there and say, can you please help me with this ID or this photographed in cans? And, and usually you get an answer pretty quick. 
Yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Well, Bridget brought over a calendar, a 2022 calendar, Let's Go Bugging, and as the most gorgeous uh, photo of a uh, mantis yep. on yep. the front. Giant rainforest mantis. Giant, giant rainforest yeah. mantis. I don't know how big this thing is, but it's, uh, it, it's it got water a... droplets all over its face. Yeah. It's just the most gorgeous photo. Thank you. Yeah, that was uh, that was a big mantis. Uh, it was probably about 10 centimetres long, I'd say, and um, that is real rain on on its face. Oh. Um, so I was uh, at Stony Creek and um, – having a picnic with a with a girlfriend of mine and uh, we finished lunch and we were like, it's going to rain. And so we started heading back down um, the path and um, I'd already see the mantis on the way in and I had a, f- a little photo shoot with it. But then and after the rain passed, we were like, okay, and I was like, hmm, I'm going to go back to that mantis <laughs> and that's the shot. So, and immediately after I took that shot, it started wiping the droplets off its face. So, yeah, it was, yeah, Did just you, one of those lucky freaks of time. Yeah. Do you do video as well of things like that? No, video, macro video is extremely difficult. Yeah. Um, because of the depth of field, mm. you kind of need to have a, a stage set up really because you need um, you need to steady the camera with a tripod um, and you need constant lighting situations because the depth of field is just it really you, you only have about a millimetre. So with the movement of your hand and the subject, it, it's very difficult. You, you do need sort of to have a staged situation for macro. Um, if anyone else out there is a macro videographer and um, does have some ideas of how to... <laughs> Have improved that. Absolutely. Please let me know. Get in touch. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll put all your links in the podcast notes, by the oh, okay, way. Cool. So, so we are looking at a beautiful calendar and it's for uh, 2022. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe 2021 is just flying by. That yeah. You know, I I, uh, I bought myself a macro lens, uh, 100 yeah. mil for my yeah. Canon, yeah. Uh, 2.8, and I thought, excellent, I'm going to get into macro. Yeah. And I had no idea how difficult <laughs> it was. Yeah. You have to have artificial lighting. Like I, yes. I struggled so much. Um, with the depth of field situation. For people that don't know photography, mm. depth of field is uh, the depth in which uh, you have a focal point essentially. So yeah. if you have a snake, uh, your depth of field can be widened or shortened depending on your aperture in your camera, which is a little bit confusing. But it's essentially the depth of focus uh, for the image. Mm. And some of these animals, um, when you've got a macro lens, you only have the most narrow focus uh, point which is crazy mm. and uh, to balance that with your lighting is it's an art form and uh, mm. for me I definitely <laughs> didn't want to venture down that avenue too far I photograph uh, birds with natural lighting I don't use flash or artificial lighting so I struggled a lot but um, yeah I take my hat off to anyone that has the uh, tenacity to learn that art it is an incredibly skillful thing to do oh cheers thank god for technology though yes. because you know how many how much film would you go for oh digital back camera in the day. <laughs> back in the day yeah. hey i had <laughs> film Ooh, this, day. Is, this is awkward it, yeah digital cameras they're a game changer and you wouldn't Absolutely. you wouldn't even dive into this yeah. without one i mean some of that uh, that picture that you're looking at there now jody um the midgey bridgey yep. for those people um who may know it it's a tiny little lace bug, only a few millimetres long, 
And whenever I go to take photos of those guys, I, I take hundreds knowing that, you know, you could get the eye in focus, in, in but the other eye is not going to be in focus. So that gives you a, a bit of an idea of how, how limiting the depth of field can be. This thing looks odd. It's, it looks yeah. like a turtle it does. crossed with an ant and a wasp. Yeah. Yeah. With a platypus tail. Yeah, yeah. And if anyone doesn't believe me, look that up, the Midgey Bridgie. I thought you just yeah. made that name up when I no, read it. No, well, I, I have <laughs> You might to... name it after yourself. <laughs> I have to credit my web tech, um, Alan, who actually came up with the name the Midgey Bridgie. So the Midgey Bridgie, so the universe really gave me a gift with this. So very early on when I started my tours, um, this tiny little insect was found on my tour route and uh, I just took a photo of going, well, it's a little bug. But then when I loaded it up onto my computer, I was blown away at the detail of this creature and I knew that it was something quite special because being uh, on Instagram and following macro photographers, I'd never seen anything like it and I, so I knew it was something quite special. So I, I kind of kept it under wraps until I found out a bit more about it and uh, eventually I put it on iNaturalist and tagged a few um, entomologists who were um, specialists in in lace bugs which is what this creature is it's a type of lace bug or tingidae or tingidae um, scientific genus Um, and uh, eventually I found out that it's an undescribed species Hmm. Um, and a particular entomologist um, who specialises in these creatures, um, Dr Ryan Schofner at uh, the University of New South Wales, uh, requested that I collect some samples to be studied and they're currently being studied um, there. So eventually it will have a proper scientific name but in the meantime, I kind of needed something to, you know, give it a nickname. So, and uh, the Midgey Bridgie is is what's kind of been suggested. And that's amazing. That's sensational. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. cool. And it's three millimeters. Yeah, it's tiny. God. Yeah, and the dome that you see there um, is hollow. Oh. And there's actually wings underneath. They can fly, um, but they tend to just scurry. Um, underneath the leaf. Yeah. And what's the purpose of that big hump thing? That um, is something that they'll, they'll find out, I guess, once How they cool. study. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. I bet you that feels good. Uh, it was, yeah, absolutely just mind-blowing knowing that I could potentially have found a new species. Mm. Um, it wasn't a new species as such. Like they had witnessed it before, um, but that, that no one has photographed it before. Um, and um, it hasn't been classified before, so, yeah, it's wow. very exciting. Oh, there's so many um, insects and creatures out there. Yeah, yeah. Surely there's the insect world, there would be just so yeah. much and creepy crawlies. Well, yeah. I remember uh, going to a conference many years ago and there was a, uh, there was a fellow that um, he, he travelled amongst Madagascar and uh, he essentially described a lot of different species and he said, if anyone out there wants a scientific name named after them, find yourself a bug. <laughs> he said, because there's so many out there that are undescribed throughout yeah. the world. And we've been to plenty of different countries through Asia and whatnot. And I remember in Borneo, they had all these big traps set up. They'd have a huge white sheet, a light behind it, and just watch all the bugs land. And there was just thousands of them. Yeah. And, yeah, the, the world that we don't see with our, um, with our eye normally is such a fascinating world. 
Mm. And with that species as well, um, I've been tracking them throughout the year and they, they're all year round, which is amazing because a lot of insects will have a season and they're gone again. But these guys, are all, they're all year round and they've got a host plant, which is a monstera. And um, so they're really easy to find. And um, sometimes at the moment they're actually in peak season. Um, they're, they're really good numbers. So if I turn over the leaf of a monstera, um, there could be 10 underneath there. So it, it's amazing to me that they haven't been properly mm. seen before. I mean, when you're that small, yeah, I guess. <laughs> three millimetres, most people just think little dots on a leaf or something. Yeah, yeah. a little overlooked, don't yeah. you? But how amazing that, um, and this is, I've spoken to other people about this as well, is that the people out in the field and um, are there, and you, like what you just said, you actually get to see things on every season, different days, days, nights, and so forth. And so you get to collect information and data and you, your own curiosity helps then scientists or biologists or entomologists who are in an office doing their study and yeah. research as well, but they need people out in the field. Yeah. And so you're indirectly helping, yeah. you know, be able to, to find out more information on the, on particular species that aren't even found out yet. Yeah. Bridget did mention iNaturalist. Yeah. It's a website mm. where you can provide data on your sightings mm. and that can be used. It's like citizen science. Citizen yeah. science. Do you want to talk a little bit about iNaturalist and what it is for those people listening out there? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a great resource, especially for identification as well. I use it for IDing purposes. That's, that's how I got to know about the, the lace bug. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a wonderful tool and it's just gaining a lot more momentum as the years go on. And so basically if you take a photo of something, um, you can uh, upload that photo, put your location and um, suggest what you think it is or if you know what it is, put that there and then other experts in the field will verify it. Mm. And, um, and that just goes on, on a, a really large um, data bank um, that's just being contributed to by people. Like you and me, and, and is it anything? Not not just insects. It's or is it just it's, uh, yeah? It's like it's like eBird. So eBird goes to Cornell University, and that's just bird sightings, which yeah. obviously assists them with their studies of uh, migration and um, different habitat mm. changes. But iNaturalist is for everything, including everything. plants. Yeah, yeah. Mm. so you can have mammals, reptiles, insects, yeah. plants. You Fungi name it as well. Yeah. You can upload yeah. it all, and then people can access that data for their mm. studies as well. So you might be doing a university degree on a particular animal, and you can access that data. And see different changes mm. in sightings and habitat. Mm. It's pretty interesting. And you yeah. can also see what, um, by collecting the data, you can see what plants are nearby, what animals and what coexists and uh, mm. different seasons and whatnot, which is pretty interesting. And this whole citizen science mm. thing is really taking off. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think there's a bit of, a, of an appreciation um, from real scientists for these citizen scientists mm, because definitely. they're they're just able to contribute so much more information. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and with with my tours, I, I I feel privileged that I can um, provide information to like, for example, um, Dr. Ryan, who's who's um, studying the lace bug. Um, I've been able to send him more information about, you know, their mating or, um, in fact, I'm just looking at a recent picture that I took the other day that could possibly be their egg sac. So that's new information for him. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's all this kind of um, ongoing um, 
visual experience mm. and, and, and information for them that can contribute to the knowledge of the species. Oh, how exciting. Mm. I'd love to just sit there and just watch something and just be like <laughs> making notes. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, I wanted yeah. to do that with gorillas. I want yeah, to be Diane Fossey. She's my inspiration. Yeah, yeah. Apart from the, yeah, the tragic ending of no, the life. No, I don't want but, that. But, yeah, Wow. A very quick announcement to make that I'm so excited. Our home education virtual portal is up and running and you can visit that at www.australianwildlifeeducation.com and if you are a parent or you know other parents who have children ages 4 to 12, this one is specifically for them and they get to learn more about Australian wildlife. And you also do education with children. Yeah, so I've done a few uh, school groups mm. who have come along um, as their school group and come along on a Let's Go Bug and Tour. And, um, yeah, especially the um, the age groups like the 6 to 11-year-olds, they're, they're such curious yes. um, uh, little kids at, at that age. And, um, you know, the world's just a fascinating place when you're, when you're that age. And, um, yeah, so that's really inspiring and and, you know, I, I just hope that I can play a small part in perhaps inspiring the next generation of nature lovers to care for, you know, our fellow earthlings. And, mm. and um, yeah, and it, it is beautiful actually when you get some, some kids on the tour who are just really, you know, they love spiders or, um, yeah, so that, that's really cool and that's inspiring as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But also them using their cameras and then, yeah. and then uh, the the art form or the uh, the curiosity comes out further. Like not just at the tour, but then they go home and they're uploading it, and then they're researching it. And so you're inspiring them to also use other resources to yeah. then find out more information. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that reminds me. There's um, I call him a, a little bugger. <laughs> he's um he's a he's a Cairns boy here, and he um is breeding rhinoceros beetles. Oh, and uh, what's his name? Does he go to Freshwater Christian College? Yes, he yes. Does. I met him. Arthur. 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 Sorry, I was having a mental. Sorry, Arthur. Oh, Arthur, God. you little bugger. Arthur, you little bugger, Arthur. He has a YouTube channel. He does. Yes. Oh, wow. Well, we know who we're podcasting next. <laughs> yes. Arthur, you little yes. bugger. Yes, bring in Arthur. Yeah, so um, I met Arthur on the school group and tour and um, he was front and centre and like this is this and, you know, put, naming all the species. And I was like, oh, do you want a job? <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so invited him along on a night walk and, um, yeah, and then he, he actually ended up doing a blog for me on my website. So you can go and check that out in my blog section of my website. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, he's one of, you know, he'll probably grow up to be an entomologist. Absolutely. Yeah. So oh, that was cool. Really cool. I actually ran into him. Um, I did a vacation care talk. Yeah, and yeah. right at the end, he was just sort of standing there and he was so polite. And he's like, can, can I can I please talk to you about a couple of things? Absolutely. And tell me all about how he breeds the yeah. um, rhino beetles. And we were talking about, because um, I, I had mealworms. Oh. And so he was talking about that life cycle and then the, the YouTube channel came up and I, I ended up speaking to him for like half an hour. Yeah. He was such a fascinating young man. Yeah, and very knowledgeable. Oh. Yeah. But his interest and curiosity has just sparked him to then do what it is that he's gone on to do. But it's not just about 
um, researching and breeding the insects. It's then his confidence in sharing that with the world, creating and editing video yeah. and putting it out How there to the he? world. Yeah. It's like 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10
there seems to be that focus on bees, which is mm. all good and well because, you know, otherwise it gets too confusing. Mm. But then when, I, when I'm doing my education talks with kids, I actually do a wildlife talk that's called Insects and Animals That Eat Insects because it's it's important for kids and people to understand that without insects, what are, what is like a bearded dragon, for example, going to eat? Mm. Um, when the majority of its diet is insects, it does eat other things as well, like flowers, mm. certain flowers and stuff. But it's frogs. What is a frog going to eat? Yeah. So then frogs and then what role does a frog play in the environment and then how does certain plants and trees or or it's certain it's habitat survive without frogs or you yeah. know it's it's just it's, an, it's a bigger it's a very picture. complicated web and we're all very connected. complicated yeah and everyone thinks they can just pull apart of that web without making any thoughts or research mm. into it and it's scary isn't it mm. as you said these big businesses that are just pulling the web however much they mm. like without actually thinking about what's attached to it. Mm. It's got dire consequences. You look at how much uh, nitrate gets put into the farms on the tablelands. We have a wet season, all that washes down through our river system, sits out in the reef lands, and it kills the coral. Mm. That's just one small example, and it's terrifying when you really look at it. Mm. Yeah. I believe there's some massive changes in the last five, ten years in regards to that. Um, so I, I can't remember what companies, and there's not-for-profits out there as well as... as um, I don't know, I can't remember the other companies that work with farmers to try and encourage them to not use those certain pesticides or um, nitrates or fertilisers. So, you know, but the damage, I believe, had already been done. Mm. So how can we slow it down or or can we we get it back by by changing what the farmers are doing? Mm. I don't know. I have to find out more. If you're listening and you want to come on a podcast, that's some deep you know. thinking right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're getting pretty deep. These are the big questions. We got dark and we got deep. <laughs> that's how I like it. Yeah, yeah. It's not just surface level stuff. It's yeah. like it's this because it and this is the, that's the major. This okay. This is where Here I we feel. Go. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I feel the the problem is is that people see things like that, like just oh that's that's not going to happen in my lifetime, or I'm just going to skim over it because thinking deeper or or full on into the issue or the problem is just too much for you to handle or for us to change or for us to try and solve. So I feel that collectively there's too many of that, too many people, too too many minds of that. Mm. It's that's happening. How about we become a bit more curious and we have more open discussions, go, cool, what can we do? What can we not do? How can we change this? What does this mean for us as a consumer? Mm. Um, Just even education on understanding, well, what to do if you do buy your fruit and veggies from a shopping centre, supporting the farmers out there who do an amazing job, who do use pesticides and that because that's that's, that's farming, right, Mm. With, with a lot of farms. But there are successful farms out there that, don't use that Mm. and then what can we do to even create our own health from using that what can we soak them in to get rid of some of the pesticides because it it comes it's a full circle and then if we feel good then we want to make our world feel good and it's that flow-on effect but if we're constantly consuming things that is just shitty for our body Mm. we feel shit and then Mm. we end up with a shitty attitude (laughs) Um, this just went to pg (laughs) um but do you know what i mean yeah. Do do you? Oh yeah. yeah or am I just I like think, you're just staring? Yeah. Oh gosh, it's it's very complicated. Yeah. Hmm. There's a lot of it's this. Yeah. 
gosh. See? Are we See? <laughs> yeah. When and then start, what happens? And start? then that's what happens. So it's that cognitive yes, dissonance. Yes, you're right. You're right. It's that, oh, it's too hard to yes. think about. I, I can't, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then it's hard for us to get our head around, well, how, what can we do? How can we do this? And, and um, then, then collectively, how do we find people like that mm, to then mm. create a small little change or motivation to create some education out there? Mm, and mm. I mean, when I spoke to Claire Galvin, um, you have to listen to that podcast. She's amazing. She's 19 years of age and she started doing um, advocate work for climate change back when she was like 14. And she she's amazing in regards to motivating and inspiring youth to be the change, mm. but to also look at the world from a different perspective as in, yes, these problems exist right now, but what can we do to actually step forward on a different path? Mm. How can we change this? How can we change our world around us, what we're doing at home, what we're doing in a workplace? Um, and it can be very difficult. And she was even saying that she constantly scratches her head and says, am I even making a difference? Mm. And that's the big question that I've always made too. Yeah. I ask myself, am I really making a difference? We have no idea. Mm. I mean, you hear back from your people, from your tours, um, and, and I, I doubt you would hear back from everyone, but those people who you have really impacted contact you again or yeah. make a, a statement or um, you get a letter from them or, mm. you know, Arthur, for example, mm. becomes mm. a part of something that you are doing. But then what does Arthur go on and do? And now he's mm. doing YouTube channels yeah. and he's doing all that sort of stuff. So think of the I bigger impact. And That's that, right. The butterfly and, effect. Right? Yes. But we don't really know what's, no. what You plant what seeds and you just hope for the best and hopefully it will, you know, create some change out mm. there in the world. And you you might not ever know what that change will and be. And that's it. And you just have to hope but, that yeah. it's a positive thing. There's so many things that people can do at home that can change their space. And, Absolutely. And as you mentioned, Jodie, you can encourage others to do the same thing. Very, very small things you can do if you have a spider inside rather than spraying it with mortine and then mm. breathing in all the... Yeah. Just catch it, let it outside. Okay, you might go build a web. Catch it, a spider. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, okay, you're doing I that. wouldn't do that because I'm terrified of spiders. <laughs> I'd use a jar and a piece of paper, easy peasy, a little bit of screaming, you know how it is. <laughs> let it outside. It might build a web and then the sunbird will come along and use that web to build a nest and then more sunbirds will come up and they'll eat the flowers and pollinate other flowers and more bugs will come in. It's a healthy environment and everyone's happy. And you can have a compost bin. Composters, great. Yep. There's so many different things people can do at yep. home That's right. to improve and their environment. And purchasing eco-friendly and not, you know, like your, your detergents and things like that that are, you know, that don't have the nasty chemicals in them and things like that, recycle, you know. Lot, there's lots of things that you can do in your home to create warm, fuzzy feelings in yourself knowing mm. that you can do what you're, you know, you, you're doing mm. what you can do in your space. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but you also feel better because you're not filling yourself with all that right. stuff. And then because you feel better and feel good, you want to create a change yeah. Yeah, yeah. around you in your home and so forth. So if, if anyone would love to know more information on low-tox living in regards to that, is go and find um, low-tox life. She's amazing. I can't remember the name of the lady off the top of my head, but low-tox life, she has a book. She has podcasts and websites. How do you, you know, change your um, chemicals to clean the floor with mm. something safer, which yep. 
um, also helps our pets as well as the health of ourselves. But it is that flow-on effect. It's a massive problem that we are seeing. Um, And, yeah, what do we do? And insects play a huge role Mm. in, and, and I love that you have opened up that wondrous world to people and being able to take them on a tour around Mm. Cairns Botanic Gardens is amazing. If anyone has not been there, you really have to go there. Mm. It really is stunning. It's world-class, absolutely. It's, uh, and so many different areas and, yeah, there's so many um, hidden little creatures in there. Tell us about the python. Yes. Yeah. What's its name again? Yeah, Amy. 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 Amy the Python. Amy. Well, Amy came from Amethystine, which is um, the the one of the common names for this particular um, species of python. So, um, so Amy first appeared uh, around about, gosh, it was about four months ago, Mm. I think, and uh, she. Actually, so I was on a tour, and there was a there was a huge cluster of these um, orange stinkhorn or um, phallus mushrooms. You know the the yellow lacy ones that they're quite stinky. But there was a big cluster of these just underneath a um, underneath a palm tree, and I was like, "Oh, look, guys, there's, there's some beautiful mushrooms here." And, and my participants were sitting down and taking photographs of these mu- mushrooms, and I sort of stood up and just kind of having a look around as I do and I noticed that there was a big snake only two meters away just having a little sunbake in the corner I was like oh um so when you finish taking your photo just um stand up and take a step <laughs> this way um anyway so yeah the amazing python just sitting there and she didn't move at all and um the next t- day um did the tour again and she was there again and then the next day, and the next day, and then I hope you on... started charging it. She's <laughs> yeah. on all these tours. <laughs> and then um, on the night walk, we saw her hunting, wow. and like it was just this amazing thing. I just kept seeing her every day, and um, in a, sometimes in the same spot, sometimes in a in a slightly different spot, but just down the way a little bit. And I thought, this is crazy. I'm going to have to name her. All right, it's Amy. <laughs> And, um, yeah, so that I was seeing her regularly for about six weeks and, um, and then I, but I haven't seen her for a little while. Um, but just last week I um, did a school holiday night walk um, for, the, for, for kids during the school holidays and um, when it finished, it finished slightly earlier and I thought, oh, I'm going to go and see if I can find something interesting at the frog pond. And I found another big snake, uh, another big python, and I, I wasn't sure whether it was Amy or not. It was the same length but uh, was fatter, was was in quite good condition. And um, and then the next night uh, I took one of my annual members back down to see if we could find it again, and we found it again, um, but then I realised it wasn't, in fact, Amy. It was another individual but, um, and then there's been another report this week that there's been another big python on the other side of the gardens. So I feel as though there might be a bit of a shift in the in the season now and mm. the snakes are starting to come out and explore. It is and, warming up. Yeah, the environmental cues have kicked in, the humidity, yeah. <laughs> the warmth. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And and as you mentioned, um, they're starting to come out and hunt as well. Yeah. When you've got so many beautiful plants and fruits, you're going to get the white-tail rats and the striped yeah. possums and with that, you're going to get your predators such That's as right. the uh, anastine yeah. or scrum python. Yeah. Very, very cool. Yeah. I love the patterning. 
Oh, uh, they're just because stunning. they can sit on the forest floor. Yep. And just the smallest specks of light can land on the forest floor and they camouflage mm-hmm. so beautifully, mm-hmm. don't they? Yeah, yeah, they really are. And th- this one that I saw at the frog pond. Um, so I sat with it for a bit and I was like, Amy, is that you? Is that you? I was trying to talk to the snake. Um, and it was just kind of on a mission to go to the frog pond. Um, it was going to the buffet. Yeah, it's all, <laughs> that's right, all you can eat buffet. Um, and, um, but eventually it did turn around and just headed straight into this massive cluster of lipstick palms. And it just went inside and completely disappeared, mm. like four metres of this huge python just gone. And I was like, no, that, no wonder we don't see them. Mm. They're just masters of camouflage and just they're so good at not being seen. So They yeah. love to go up nice and high in some of the trees during right. winter and, uh, and coil up in some of those big basket ferns yeah, and get right. the sunlight. And yeah. they'll just sit up there for weeks on end. It's mm. oh, such lovely animals. <laughs> Nature is amazing. So we've talked about this calendar. Um, the can most people brilliant images? Yeah, yeah, people can buy it. So they can buy it on my website, aussiemacrophotos.com, oh, cool. on the shop there. But there's also, if you're in Cairns, um, you can buy it at the Visitors Centre at the Cairns Botanic Gardens, also uh, North Cairns Post Office, uh, also Macon Whoopi on uh, Shield, Shield Street. Yes. Shield yep. Street, yes. Shield Street, Shield Street, I believe. Um, but otherwise, everyone listening, you can get yep. it delivered even yep. overseas. Yes. Yes. Well, okay. I don't think it's yeah. hand delivered overseas. <laughs> no. We're just going to go and deliver it to you overseas. No. But, not at uh, the moment, unfortunately. But we were fortunate enough. We got a hand delivered. Yes. But yeah, definitely a perfect gift for anyone out there. And you can't say no one uses calendars anymore. They're just. Even if you don't use it for the actual dates, just having the beautiful photos and right. you get a new one every month. Yeah, yeah. I've got my old calendar from Solar Whisper this year. It sits proudly at work. Oh, it's lovely. And calendar. that one's going it. up there next. I think I think this is awesome. Thank you so much. It's a great and conversation starter too. I'll put all your links in the okay. podcast notes yeah, so people cool. can go and get a calendar or see some of the other yeah. work that you do. So I I as you have been aware from this podcast and anyone listening will regularly know that I am a bit of a, a you know, a deep thinker and, and I love those sort of conversation. I love the juiciness of it. But what's what's next for you? Like what's the big picture? What's your goal? What what is it that you that you want to do? Yeah. Like what's Yeah, I, I definitely want to continue doing the tours. I, I um uh I'm hoping that twenty twenty two is gonna be a better year. Everyone does. Um, it's, uh, can't get much worse. But, um, yeah, so, like, more groups on tours, um, more numbers on tours, obviously. Um, I mean, eventually I would love to bring on some other tour guides um, as part of my uh, business, but I feel that's probably a little ways away. Um, we'll see. Could recommend yeah. Let's Go Birding, perhaps? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, Matt, oh, do you want a job? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, now's not the right place, but yes. <laughs> um, and I'm getting more into um, some merchandise. So I've got an artistic range yeah, um, cool. called Disco Bugs, um, which is I knew I wanted to come up with a Ooh, style. I yeah, yes. I wanted to come up with a style, and I've really taken inspiration from a photographer, an Australian photographer who's based in New York called Anne Gettys. Um, mm. People maybe remember her. She used yes. to take the, the pictures of the babies and oh the pumpkin gosh. fields and the, and the flowers yes. and that sort of thing. Um, and she had an amazing career, and um, her photos are, are all over the world, and she sells millions of calendars and, and things like that. 
Um, so I kind of I took her as a bit of inspiration that I wanted to create a style that could be merchandised. Ooh. And um, I was like, oh, what can I do? What can I do? Okay, so I'll, I want to do something with with um, backgrounds and 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 using the macro photography to present it in a new way that hadn't been done before. So, yeah, I just started experimenting um, with different lighting techniques and in-camera in techniques and backgrounds and eventually realised this disco bug theme, uh, which has got bokeh in the background, which bokeh, B-O-K-E-H, is a Japanese word that means the, the hexagon um, shapes in the background that's the blurred images. Mm, and you yes. get it sometimes in um, like that. Yeah. Looks the caterpillar. Good. I like yeah, it. it's a it's a really nice um, aesthetic, mm. and um, so yeah, the disco bugs theme. So I've been invited to be a featured exhibitor at Head On Photo Festival yes. in Sydney in November. So wow. in Sydney, uh, November. So I believe my exhibition, the Disco Bugs exhibition, will be at Bondi Beach, um, which good. is just incredible news. Um, so out of that, I'm hoping to um, expand the range, yep. um, look for merchandise opportunities, selling greeting cards, the calendar, and looking for an opportunity to put it on other other products like mugs, mouse pads, mm. foam cards. Oh, yeah, that'll look great. Um, even mm. like shower curtains. I uh, love or- a shower curtain with a mantis. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. All right, sold. We don't like it. <laughs> Excellent. Don't know if anyone else will agree. But... Yeah, yeah. Made to order. Do people have shower curtains anymore? I went in a I hotel do. in Mount Isa, there was a shower curtain. Oh, yes, there was too. <laughs> yes. And yeah. Bridget has one? I've got one, yeah. There you go. Do you have well, a big one? No, in fact, I need to replace it, so maybe I should get a, a praying Yeah, we've got a shower curtain in our caravan. <laughs> yeah, I think this, the feather horn beetle would look pretty cool on it. On yeah, oh, he's, he's no, very I want the jumping spot. On my um, yeah. shower curtain on the caravan. <laughs> so if you're I out there and you're a merchandiser <laughs> and you do shower curtains, please make me a jumping spider. Well, that that was my bigger question: was what do you hope for? And yeah. So yeah, it sounds like you've got some big plans. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah, um, looking yeah. forward to seeing all that unravel. And yeah. and I love how you've been so um, flexible with the changes. And you're like, okay, let's do this. Let's trial this. And you've come up with different ideas and, and use some of your background, obviously bringing it into now, and, and I love it. So I can't wait to see what's ahead for you. Thank you. And everyone else, please reach out. And you're on Instagram, you're on Facebook, you're on YouTube. Yeah. I'll put everything there. Please follow and Bridget. If you're in cans, let's go bugging. Let's yeah. go bugging. And I love the mushroom. I'm going to come on a mushroom tour. Yeah, they're fun. Oh, yep. fungi! Yeah, <laughs> bring, bring, bring the I just don't know if there's. Pants. I just don't know if there's mushroom on the tour for you, Jody. Oh, Matt, you're a fun oh, guy. <laughs> I think we should. So, if you want to stalk uh, Bridget, then uh, do it on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Yep. Excellent, awesome! Thank you for coming. Thank along. you so much for having me. It's been a great chat. So easy. It yeah. was a. It was a wild chat. It yeah. was pretty, <laughs> it was pretty wild. <laughs> All right. See you later. Bye. Bye. 
Wow, another awesome wild chat, which I hope you really enjoyed because I can tell you now I absolutely did. I would really love to connect with you all as well. So please don't forget to find us on Facebook and Instagram, which you can get the links in our podcast show notes. I have them right there for you. And if you enjoyed this episode, please help us by spreading the word. You can also take a screenshot of the episode you just listened to, share it on your socials and tag us in it, of course. We would also love a review. If you have time, please jump on your podcast channel you just listened to us on and give us a review. Give us some feedback and don't forget to click that big subscribe button, which of course helps us spread the word even further and for you to also be notified for any upcoming episodes. If you are somebody or know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who would love to be on our Australian Wildlife Education Wild Chats, please send them my way or get in contact with me. Also in the show notes, you can find all those details on how to get in contact. I love chatting and also learning from others who can showcase their knowledge, their expertise, but also their passion and any projects that they might have going on. So please reach out to me as I would love to get you on our podcast. But otherwise, I hope you're all amazing. I hope you're all having a great day. And I will, you'll be hearing from me in the next wild chat. See you next week. Bye.